0: Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I remind you to commit to the rebuild. Welcome in. Episode number three of Locked On Atlanta here as we are on this new venture with Locked On Atlanta Sports. So glad you guys have chosen to make A to Z part of your daily sports regimen. Excited to be with you guys here again. As you can see, my background here in Florida, I'm at my parents' house on vacation spring break with the kids, but that doesn't mean the Atlanta sports stop, and it doesn't mean A to Z stop. So I'm with you guys all the way through. And I'm certainly glad that you guys have chosen to make Locked On Sports Atlanta part of your daily regimen. And you guys may be looking at this on YouTube. Watch us. Hey, Zeno, put some sleeves on. No, I'm on vacation. I'm not putting on sleeves. I don't wear sleeves on vacation. So anyway, we got beautiful weather here in Florida, but a lot going on in the Atlanta sports scene we're going to get to in just a few moments but wanted to remind you guys about our good friends at betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contest player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports development Developments, excuse me, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season, not just basketball, which again, ended last night. Congrats, by the way, to the Kansas Jayhawks. What a comeback. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. BetOnline.net. Okay, so something went down in the NFL yesterday that kind of maybe flew under the radar a little bit, but I think it's 100% worth talking about as it pertains to the Falcons. The Eagles and the Saints made a trade. Uh, The Saints ended up getting the number 16, number 19 pick and 194 in this year's draft. Um, The Eagles get the 18th pick, number 101 this year, number 237, and a first rounder in 2023 and a second rounder in 2024. And when this happened, you know, a lot of people tried to predict where the Saints were going to go and what they were going to do and, and how this was A uh, quarterback are just trying to stock up on issues that they can immediately get. Of course, the Saints need this because they have next to zero cap space. I think they're actually $75 million over the cap to start this year. But regardless of all that, you know, as it pertains to the Falcons, I saw this move made and the thought came to me, about committing to the rebuild. Because in order for the Falcons to get out of this, they have to dive right into it completely. And I know Arthur Blank and Terry Fano and Arthur Smith are saying we're not in a rebuild. they I hope that's just public talk. I hope they're not sitting behind closed doors, not actually recognizing that they are in a full-on rebuild because that's exactly what they are. And if they can't recognize that and they can't understand that, this team is going to be bad for a very, very, very long time. And Arthur Smith is going to be out of the job very, very, very quickly. There are two teams that popped into my head, and one of them just made the trade because it was the Philadelphia Eagles that that really kind of jarred this whole thing. But if you look at the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles, they are two teams and have used similar paths, and the Falcons should be modeling themselves after those two organizations and how they get out of it. Let's go back to 2019. The Miami Dolphins were five and eleven, right? Brian, Brian Flores was a first year head coach, but they had traded away uh Minka Fitzpatrick. They had traded away a lot of their players, young players too, under contract and just acquired more draft picks, right? And stocked up on, on commodities and and abilities to to make things happen. Uh and then they go 10 and six and just miss the playoffs. And then they go nine and eight and just miss the playoffs. But that team now is viable and it's been viable for two seasons. It literally took them a season to turn around a rebuild. Look at Philadelphia. In 2020, they were 4 11 and 1. They fired Doug Peterson. What did they do? The following year, two first round draft picks. One of them was Jalen Hurts. They go to 9 and 8 and make the playoffs in 2021. I mean, it's, it's that simple. But the The key for both of these teams in turning around this whole thing and getting through a rebuild was multiple first round picks. Because that's the way ahead now. That's the way out of a rebuild is multiple first round picks because they are such valuable commodities. And again, there's two schools of thought here, right? Like one of them is first round picks are valuable. Right. And the other one is what the Rams are doing, saying we don't need first round picks. We're just going to acquire talent uh, and trade away our first round picks. We'll get cheaper talent at the back end of the draft. But you got to be really good at drafting. Right. You have to be really good at finding talent and and being able to evaluate it and figure out where it is deep in the draft, where other teams miss often you're hitting. But those are the two schools of of thought. But one of them is a school of thought that's, hey, I'm geared towards a championship. I'm a couple of pieces away from a championship. The Eagles and the Dolphins at that point where they acquired all those first round picks were not. And that's the easiest way out of, of this whole entire mess. But doing that means that this is not year one of the rebuild. Year one of the rebuild starts next year. That's the acknowledgement that you really have to get into because this won't be a one year turnaround for them just because of the salary cap situation that they're in and dumping that Ryan and getting rid of the contract. But the only reason for them to do all this is so they can get out of the rebuild quicker. Now, what do the Falcons do with the eighth pick? Well, part of that is, is that you know, you want to think about drafting a quarterback, but the only reason you do that is for the value of it, right? You get a young guy under contract. You hope that he's good enough. You hope that he, And again, look at the Eagles and Dolphins. doesn't have to be great. Tua and Jalen Hurts are just good. They're not great. They are not to the level of Justin Herbert. They're not to the level of clearly Lamar Jackson or anybody else. They're just good. They're just good. Like they're average quarterbacks at this point. But the thing is about drafting a quarterback this year is you have to be willing to move off of him if he's not the guy. It happens that quickly. And so from that standpoint, you know, I don't know if it's the best move to draft a quarterback, but I do know is the best move trading Grady Jarrett and getting a first round pick trading Grady Jarrett right now is like a must. It's at the top of the list. And if he nets one first round pick, not this year, not this year. I want it to be next year. I don't want this year's first round pick. I want Grady Jarrett traded for a 2023 first round pick because what you do this year really doesn't matter and it's not going to matter. There's there's not enough for you to get out of the hole this year. You just kind of got to sit in it for a year given where things are. But but you have to turn around and net another first round pick next year. It's the way you can start increasing more capital because then you can trade one of those first round picks for more picks. Right? I mean you're you're not going to be able to quarterback that's that's the key you get out of it again Tua and Jalen Hurts weren't great but they were quarterbacks that you could at least be stable with and until you get that and could Marcus Mariota be the guy yeah maybe he could be I wouldn't bank on it I know he's not a long-term solution but maybe for a year or two if he's good enough to float you to to lift this thing and that may be the reason not to draft a quarterback this year but you've got to start to acquire more picks. They've got to get for more first round picks if they want to get out of this thing in any size, way, shape, or form. There's literally just no way for them to move beyond this rebuild without more first round picks because that's the capital that they can use to acquire players, to move up to get players that they want in future drafts upcoming. And that's the way you exit this rebuild. But they've got to commit to it. When I saw the Eagles do what they did, it's just like, wow, all of a sudden they are one one foot out the door of the rebuild because they went 9-8 and last year and made the playoffs. And really, you know, were they a real playoff team? No, but you watched how quickly they got out of it. And you're like, that's what I want our front office to do. That's what I want the Falcons front office to do. That's how I want them to be because those are the kind of moves that you hired Terry Fontenot to make. Let him do it. They have to commit to this rebuild, if they're going to get out of it. All right, coming up next, uh, there was an assertion made about the Atlanta Braves and how they need to go about repeating as world champs that I'll disagree with slightly. That's next year on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast searched, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta from sunny Florida as I continue my vacation uh, with the family. But again, I love being with you guys here on a-, a to Z. So excited it's back. We're getting a lot of traction here very quickly right out of the gates and I'm excited about that. So uh, make sure you guys give us a follow on social Locked On ATL. Of course, give me a follow as well at Mark Zino M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me what you like, uh, what you want to hear more of. I certainly want to interact with you guys about all the segments that we do every single day here on A to Z. So, again, take the time to reach out. Uh, you guys know that uh, I love interacting on Twitter with people, and sometimes I could be a little bit of a uh, – what's the word we're looking for here? Oh, yeah, they call that jerk. No, I'm just kidding. But nonetheless, uh, I hope you guys will reach out to me on social and, and, and we'll have some fun here going together uh, through all the Atlanta sports scene. But it is great to be back. Very excited to be with you again. Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast, just search Locked On Sports Atlanta. This segment of the show brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. You know, it's that time of year where everybody has sort of maybe let their New Year's resolutions go. Well, you don't have to do that with Built Bar because if you want that candy bar, instead dump it, put it down, grab a Built Bar. And by the way, have you tried their puffs yet? These are protein infused marshmallows. It's unreal. They're Fluffy. They're marshmallowy. Not just a protein bar at Built. They are a treat. All of them are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite of a lot of people. They come with some great flavors. A yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're going to be your favorite. Built Bars are all natural and again, covered in 100% Real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Uh, They're better than a typical candy bar, anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and check out the macro chart. If you're somebody who counts macros, this is amazing. This is one of the incredible parts about built bar high protein, low calorie, under 30 calories, as I said, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Just an unreal combination for anybody who wants that, who has that sweet tooth, but still wants to stay really healthy. Check out some of the other flavors, mint, brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are delicious, and new flavors are coming up. Yeah. Go to Built.com and use the promo code order again. Built.com, promo code 15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Uh, I was thumbing through some notes here on the Atlanta Braves. They get set to kick off their season coming up on Thursday. Uh, and uh, I was going through the AJC and they talked about five keys to repeat as World Series champs. Uh, and this is from Justin Toscano of the AJC, and I, I don't know Justin, full disclosure, you know, and again, I, I'm not critiquing his writing, just one of the points that he put together, uh, for the five keys. And, and there are some I agree with the complete effort again, you know, you, you got it. You know, you all now, what is it, 28 guys on the roster. Uh, I think that's, you know, fair to say. Say healthy. Clearly don't want to go through the injury situation they went through last year. So Alex Anthopoulos magic, uh, that always helps. Uh, and the last two are the ones that I really want to contend with. Because he says the back end of the rotation must hold up. Uh, and then he says time for the bullpen to shine. Now, I would argue that it's not that he's wrong on either one of those things. But I would argue that Geek got the second so you didn't need the first right like you loaded up on a bullpen so you didn't have to worry about your starting rotation you went kensley jansen will smith tyler matzik aj minter colin McHugh, and the list goes on and on and on of all the arms that they have including our good buddy luke jackson um you put that bullpen together because you wanted to make starting pitching easier. You wanted to make their lives easier and not even so much the back end of the rotation, but just the entire rotation. So I did some research and I was looking around at some of the other teams, the three best pitching staffs in the national league last year were Milwaukee, San Francisco, and the giants. Let's take a look at Milwaukee real quick. Uh, and their bullpen was one of the best in baseball. If you take a look at their top three starters, Brendan Woodruff made 30 starts, 20 of them quality starts. And again, remember a quality start, six innings, three runs or less, right? Brendan Woodruff went nine and 10 last year. Corbin Burns made 28 starts, had 18 quality starts. He went 11 and five. Freddie Peralta made 27 starts, 14 quality starts, and he went 10 and five. In fact, no starter on the Brewers, I think, had more than 12 wins. And, and again, wins aren't always there. I'm not saying wins are the metric as to whether your staff is good or bad, but I do know that it's still hard to win 20 in the show. And so that pitchers that do it are doing something right over the course of 30 starts in a season, if you win 20, 30, 35 starts. So you, you look at the key numbers, quality starts are more important. And, and a bullpen that, you know, held games to you. I mean, how did the Brewers win 95 games last year and only have starters that won 10 or 12 because their bullpen Bridge gaps to games where they could just get a, a lead and win. Look at the San Francisco Giants; they won 107 games last year. Kevin Gosman made 33 starts, had 20 quality starts, and went 14 and six. Alex Wood, former Brave, 26 starts, just nine quality starts, went 10 and four. Johnny Cueto, 21 starts, just four quality starts, went seven and seven. And I'm I'm illustrating all this again to prove that the bullpen. And the bullpen that you build to be so good you don't need high level starting pitching you just need above average starting but it has to be good like it just has to be able to go six innings and give up three runs or less because your lineup is good enough and you're a complete enough team that's a complete effort that he talked about you're good on both sides offense defense you know pitching hitting like you have it all uh and so these numbers illustrate to me that you don't have to worry as much about high level quality starting pitching When you have a bullpen that is as deep and as good as this one, even the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, 22 starts, 11 quality starts. He goes 10 and 8. Trevor Bauer. And again, he obviously, you know, had the issue last year, but he only made 17 starts, 14 quality, went 8 and 5. Now, again, a lot of these starters, their ERAs were in in the mid threes to low threes to high twos, you know, phenomenal ERAs. But again, the idea is to shorten this game for the Braves to six innings every single night. That's why the bullpen is so deep, so I can go through a you know a rotation of guys and not wear them out. Where it's just one guy uh, doing all the work. Like that's what you're trying to avoid. You want to be able to have a bullpen that has enough depth that if a starter can only get to six and give up three runs, you know what? Go to the bullpen. That's our strength. That's where that's where we make our money. That's how we end up becoming uh, a, a, a NL East champion again. You know, and I, and I was mentioned yesterday about the Braves and kind of, you know, the. the I needed to step up and you look at the rest of this team. They're going where if you just hold the other team at bay for in, in four through six or seven innings, guess what? This lineup will do enough damage through nine. Like, just keep it close. You know, if you. The Braves' best position probably is is you know or, or the most fun position every night is going to be I shouldn't say the best but the most fun position every night is for them to be down by a run or two heading into the sixth seventh and eighth innings because you know somebody's going to hit on run it's just that's that's, that's how they're built you know somebody's going to get a big hit their offense is geared too much to score runs for them not to be set up that way so it is super important I think that this team is a complete team as Justin Toscano said but Alex Anthopoulos put this bullpen together so he didn't have to worry about starting pitchers. So Waskar Noah and Kyle Wright and whoever else is going to be out there on the mound doesn't have to be spectacular. Doesn't have to go, you know, seven and two thirds, giving up just one run with nine strikeouts. That doesn't have to be the case every night for the Braves. They can just be good. They can just be six innings, you know, five hits, three runs, get the heck out of Dodge and turn it over to a bullpen. That's going to shut everybody down. All right, coming up next, final segment of A to Z here on this Tuesday as we recap the national championship. And something went on in Atlanta last night that's very personal to me that was a huge swing and miss that we'll talk about once again. That's next, right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Free on YouTube. Just make sure you search Locked On Sports Atlanta wherever you get your podcast. We'll be right back welcome back to a to z here on locked on sports atlanta again free on youtube and wherever you get your podcast just search locked on sports atlanta follow us on twitter Locked on ATL. Of course, follow me at Mark Zeno M A R K Z I N N O. Don't forget to interact. Love to hear from you guys. Let me know what you think of the show so far. A to Z is back. Very happy. Very excited to be back in the sports space. So it's been a lot of fun here. I know we're only three shows into this whole journey, but I'm certainly excited to be with the Locked On team. And uh, when we get back to my studio next week, we'll start bringing in some of our uh, some of our other Locked On uh, podcast hosts. Uh, we'll definitely get into the Hawks with Brad Roland and and talk more uh, with our team here at Locked On. Sports again. Don't forget, John Chuckree has his show hitting hard, and then Jarvis Davis and Batista, uh, ATL Day Ones, also right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. So continue to follow us here. We're going to start to grow this thing. We're going to do it with your help, and we certainly appreciate all the support that you guys have given us initially. Let's just keep it going as we go forward. All right, I'll recap real quick of the national championship last night down by 15 and a half. Uh, they end up winning the game 72 to 69. Uh, and it was it was an exciting game back and forth. You know, I, I did not expect North Carolina to come out the way they did and play with such energy to start. I did not expect Kansas to be as flat. In fact, I told you yesterday on AZ that I thought it'd be the exact opposite, that North Carolina would be the flat team in the first half and that Kansas would be the one with all the energy, given how much North Carolina had to expend uh, against Duke to win that game in one of the semifinals. And so, Uh, I was uh, totally wrong on the handicap. I gave a lot of credit to to the Tar Heels and the way they came out and the way they played. And of course, Kansas, you know, didn't exactly um, shoot the ball all that well at the beginning of the game, but it was a furious start to the second half for the Jayhawks. Um, They go on this 20 to six run to start the second half. They erase the 15 point deficit and then they traded blows down the stretch the rest of the way. Uh, And, and, you know, North Carolina had at one point, I think again, had taken a lead, um they did they had a 69-68 lead um you know and and they had a chance to go out and steal this thing back um and i really thought that they were going to i mean it was it was impressive to watch you know um how much kansas needed to do to get back in that game uh but what really was sort of very telling to me um and you guys know this about me and kind of where i focus if you remember last night, you know, it was a 72-69 game. Brady Manick has the turnover um, and and Kansas gets the ball back and they inbound it and Dewan Harris gets the inbound and then steps out of bounds with four seconds left. Uh, and that might have been had North Carolina tied that game up uh, and pushed it to overtime and ended up winning or whatever it was or ended up winning the game somehow. That I saw one of my friends, Nick Costas, make this point that that would have been – a gaffe as big as Chris Webber calling the timeout uh, in overtime all the way, all those years back again, ironically, coincidentally, against North Carolina. Uh, Nonetheless, you know, Dwayne Harris steps out of bounds in a three point game there in a, in a pure foul situation. And I bring this up, of course, to talk about the gambling angle because betters who had Kansas minus four or minus four and a half right there were denied the opportunity to have easy foul from North Carolina and have Dewan Harris go to the line for two free throws with a chance to go up five with two seconds left. Uh, him stepping out of bounds was a definitive swing in dollars. Uh, there was a there was it wasn't even 50-50, but it was about a 62 to 38 percent split of the money on Kansas laying the four. Of course, North Carolina gets home and cashes the ticket because it ended in a three-point game. But that was one of those things where it was just like, wow. Uh, As soon as he stepped out of bounds, I tweeted, I'm like, yep, that just cost Kansas betters right there a ton. And it did. Uh, Again, you know, the gambling angle is always something I'm going to focus on, folks. So I hope you're along for the ride with me. Speaking of the gambling thing, something happened in Atlanta last night that I have to bring your attention to just because I'm me. Um, But there was, if you remember, there was a bill that passed in the House to start the legalization of sports gambling in Georgia hoping it would make it here on the ballot in November. Now, let's hit rewind. Two years ago at the legislative session, the Georgia Senate had passed a bill, and then it died in the House. And now this year um, at the legislative session, the House reconstructed a bill, and then it had to go back to the Senate for approval. While the House approved it, and guess what, last night in the late hours of the legislative session, uh, right as it closed, the bill died right on the Senate floor. And once again, we will have to wait at least one more calendar. Well, now you're talking about 18 months because you're going to have to get from the end of the legislative session to November to get it on the ballot to let voters vote on it. So you won't see at the earliest, you won't see gambling in Georgia until January of 2024. I will continue to chide the governor for this. I will continue to ride him uh, and blast him for it. It is the only thing. That I disagree with the governor on, uh, and I'm not going to get into politics here, but this is a a, a fatal flaw uh, that we are missing out here in Georgia on uh, legalizing sports gambling and the amount of money and revenue that it can bring to the state, I think is super important for so many things. And uh, it's just a continued whiff. And I, I know the governor has taken this stance openly that uh, he will not stand in the way of sports betting. Uh, he, if, if the voters want it, he's not going to stand in the way of it. Again, uh, I use the example, and I think we talked about this on the very first show, um, that's the akin to saying, you know, um, I'm sure I I will not send the way of my 11-year-old. Then that's exactly what the governor is doing. The gambling, if he wanted it and pushed for it, he could easily get it. He's a Republican. He has a Republican state house. He has a Republican state Senate. If he wanted sports gambling in Georgia, he could bring it here very easily. He does not want it. He doesn't want to openly say it because he doesn't want to, you know, separate himself from people like me who want it. Um, And so he takes this very sort of openly middle of the road stance of, well, I'm not going to stand in the way of it. But like I said, again, I'm not going to stand in the way of an 11 year old driving a car. I'll just make sure they never get the keys. And so then I don't have to worry about it. And that's where the governor is with this. And again, I, I think it's sad. I know you a lot of you are probably tired of hearing me beat this drum, but I will continue to beat it until it gets done, because I think it's. A, a huge benefit to the state of Georgia. Uh, and it's, it's something that we desperately need. All right. One final thought here, uh, Hawks Toronto tonight, uh, as the Hawks are a four point dog, I'm going to back them tonight. Um, I think it's a correlating bet situation. If you're in favor of the Hawks, you're going to take the over 225 and a half. If you are backing the Raptors, you'll take the under because this is high level offense versus high level defense. Um, I just I don't know that Trey is going to be slowed down right now. Toronto is a defense that could do it. But in order for this to happen, like Toronto has to keep Trey to the 23-24 point range. Um and Trey has been averaging 29 and change and 11 assists over his last dozen games. Like he's on fire right now. I told you yesterday playoff Trey is back. Well, I still think playoff Trey shows up tonight. Um does that mean that playoff Trey can can only have 21, 22, and the Hawks still win. Yeah, they need, just need a full effort from everybody else. It's going to take a very complete offensive effort to beat this Toronto Raptors team. Um, they are very good defensively, and, and they're seventh in the NBA right now uh, in points per game allowed. But even at that, they're even better over the last 10, allowing just 103. So it's going to be a very, very, very fun game to watch us, And it's going to be kind of you know the irresistible force versus the immovable object. Let's see who has... You know, uh, the better contest of wills not to fold and, and let the other person dictate their way. I, I love the Hawks playing from a positive game script. So if they can get out early and get a lead, uh, Toronto's offense isn't great. I know Pascal Siakam's very good. Fred Van Fleet is one of the better three-point shooters uh, in the league. And so Van Vliet's around 41% from beyond the arc this year. But, you know, the Hawks are a top three three-point shooting team themselves. So it's going it's to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a very interesting game. But this is another one of these ones where, I think if the Hawks get tripped up between now and the playoffs, it's this game. They'll come back home to play the to play the the Wizards, and they should beat the pants off of them. And then they got one more game against Miami. Um, but Miami may have everything locked up at that point in time; they may not be having to play for anything. So let's wait and see what happens. But Hawks tonight, keep your eyes on it. Uh, it's going to be a very very interesting game uh, that we will watch, and and hopefully we get a win for the Hawks here as they continue. And if they can move into the seven seed you know, and get themselves a uh, uh, a home playoff game for the play-in even better as they sit in the eight seed right now. So let's see what, what shakes out from all this. But nonetheless, um, go Hawks tonight. And we will be back with you tomorrow to recap that and a whole lot more right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Again, remember, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Locked On Sports Atlanta from sunny Florida on my vacation. You guys have a great day. Don't tell any crap from anybody. See ya.